Hello everyone and welcome to Conscious Consumption. I'm Isabella Rosley and today I want to talk to you guys about simple ways you can be more ethical consumers in regards to your fashion purchases. So I want to start by just explaining the difference between your consciousness as a consumer versus your sustainability habits and your environmental footprints. So being a conscious consumer has to do with your awareness of how your purchases impact society and sustainability has to do with your purchases impact on the environment and to reduce our environmental footprint has to do with our purchases waste in relation to how fast the earth recovers from those products that we're purchasing. That's why learning about things like textiles your clothes are made from is important. For example, Noticing whether your clothes are synthetic and realizing that they'll never biodegrade versus if you're buying clothes that are made from natural materials and realizing that they will biodegrade and they won't just, you know, exist forever. And learning about labor standards, greenwashing, and all that stuff is necessary because it will eventually, hopefully, influence your purchasing habits. So I understand we're all in different places in our life in terms of finances and lifestyle and we all have different values and we'll all ultimately all have different ways that we can be more conscious consumers and sustainable. So I just want to go over general ways that are easy for everyone to um, put into their daily lifestyle. I don't expect anyone to follow all of these tips, but I'm hoping that, you know, some will stand out for you and you can apply them. So the easiest way is to simply just be informed, which is what you're doing by listening to this podcast. So you're doing great so far. You know, the more educated you are about the ethics behind the production of your purchases, the more you'll understand why you should or shouldn't make a purchase. Another easy way to be a more conscious consumer is just focusing on the lifespan of clothes. So you obviously want to have a long lifespan for your clothes because um, then you're not replacing them as often. It's so important for us to take care of our clothes so that they can last as long as possible. And I know a lot of us, myself included, never read the care label on our clothes to learn how to best care for our like that specific garment. But in reality, different textiles need to be cared for in different manners in order for them to last a long time and not deteriorate. Uh, another way is just limiting how often you're washing your clothes. Definitely helps them last longer. And if we're talking about laundering, then I should mention it's a lot better for the environment to wash them in cold water and hang dry them when you can. You can also extend the lifespan of your clothes by repairing them rather than just discarding them. Just fix them up instead of replacing. It's really easy to learn basic sewing techniques and it really comes in handy. You can literally watch a five minute YouTube channel and then be able to sew a hole or a button back on your shirt or whatever. Just something simple. And if you really don't want to or you can't, you know, just take your clothes to the alterations place nearby and have them repair your clothes. Rather than replacing your damaged clothes, just fix it and it'll, you know, it's back to its normal standard. And another, you know, 
tip, I guess, when you're actually shopping, you want to ask yourself whether something's a want or a need. A few years ago, I started asking myself if there's something I'd rather wear instead of this before making a purchase. And I'm kind of someone who has a few favorite things in their closet, and I just wear them over and over again. So most of the time, I won't end up making that purchase because I know there's something else I'd rather wear in my closet, which is great because then I don't, you know, buy something I don't need. And, you know, we all have to hold ourselves accountable for our purchases. So it's important to actually take a moment and think before buying something rather than just being impulsive and making that purchase that we don't need. I also recommend purchasing versatile clothes that can be dressed up or down and can be worn in various seasons. Maybe they'll be good for layering if you're in a climate that changes a lot. Um, We also need to get over the idea that you can't wear the same outfit twice in the same week. I was reading an article the other day that talked about how people don't even like posting photos on social media in the same outfit, which is crazy to me. There's a really high percentage of people that won't do that, which is you know, interesting. Um, we're so influenced by social media these days and what we're seeing and who we're following. So I think it's important to make sure we're our feed is promoting ideas that we want to be influenced by. For example, if you're following an influencer who is constantly posting massive hauls from fast fashion brands, it's going to make you want to purchase more and trick your mind into thinking that you need more when in reality you don't. We all have, you know, plenty of clothes in our closet and plenty that we don't even wear. Since I only brought a 40-liter backpack for my, like, four-month trip, I wear the same few outfits every week. (laughs) And, you know, somehow my life is still fine. (laughs) And even though I don't, you know, I don't think people are judging me, but I don't really care if they are. It doesn't matter. Like, no one's really thinking about it. I feel like we're all so scared of being judged when in reality we're like the only ones really judging ourselves and frankly if anyone is judging us that's on them and has nothing to do with us um I have three dresses three long skirts four tops two athletic skirts two pairs of hiking pants four tank tops one pair of cotton pants pajamas and a bathing suit And I am completely content with this wardrobe. And I've really been trying to embrace a minimalistic wardrobe and just be content with a few key pieces in my closet. And yeah, that's a new challenge for me because like I mentioned in my first podcast, I used to have a ton of clothes and buy a shit ton of things constantly. And... I just loved growing my closet. I considered myself a collector, whatever that means, just justifying my purchases, I guess. I don't know. Before I left for Thailand, I actually had a bunch of friends over for dinner, and I emptied four bags of clothes that I didn't wear anymore on my bed, and I just let them take whatever they wanted. Uh, I feel like I had been almost hoarding clothes that I was attached to for some reason, And that's something that I feel like a lot of us can relate to. We all get so attached to materials and we have so much value over them. And, you know, I kept thinking I was eventually going to wear some pieces, but it's like, okay, it's been a year and I still haven't worn that, so I probably never will. So it's time to rehome them to someone who will. 
which I love doing. It's my favorite way to extend the lifespan of clothes is just giving them to friends. Or sometimes, like, I really don't want to give it away, so I'll, like, trade it for something else with a friend or something, which I also really like doing because then we both get something that feels new even though it isn't. I also encourage uh, borrowing clothes for special occasions. For example, if you're graduating or going to a wedding or something... You might want to dress up or wear something more formal, which of course makes sense, but if you don't regularly dress up, you probably won't wear that garment for a long time or maybe ever again. So borrowing from a friend or renting from an online platform or even a local shop that offers rentals is just a great way to not waste money on something that won't get worn. I'm always offering my clothes to friends because I would much rather them get worn than just sit in my closet and, you know, collect dust or whatever. And it doesn't just have to be a special event, you know, we can borrow clothes anytime. I love going out and I love dressing in new outfits, of course, just like most people, but it's not really realistic to just keep buying new outfits for, you know, all these fun nights, night out or whatever, but, um... You know, just borrowing a friend's top is just the same as buying a new one, basically. Um, I think these days a lot of us will justify our purchases by like donating our old clothes, but most people don't realize that only a quarter of our clothes donated actually end up in the store, and the majority end up in landfills or are shipped overseas because there's such an excessive amount of clothes donated every day. And sure, some of the clothes that are shipped overseas do some good for people, but majority don't. And, you know, the issue is that we just overconsume like crazy. Tens of thousands of pounds of clothes are donated on average every hour in the U.S. And people really think that they are helping people in need by dropping off clothes to secondhand shops. When in reality, that's not the case at all. They're just they're just ending up in landfills most of the time and you know I understand that it isn't realistic for all of us to just give our old clothes to friends so you can look out for you know women's shelters or you know just spend five minutes researching how to responsibly donate clothes near you most communities have different organizations dedicated to providing clothes to people in your local area that need that need them And this way you know your clothes aren't just going to end up in landfills and lifespan actually will be extended. Uh, I know I have been lazy about this in the past and tend to just drop off bags of clothes at the local thrift store, but I'm trying to work on this and I encourage you to do the same. Some brands also have recycling programs that are or aren't so sustainable, but um, I've been reading that Patagonia, Eileen Fisher, and Madewell all have reliable programs, so I recommend using them, I guess. A lot of retailers are starting to have resale sections in their stores. For example, the outdoor apparel and gear company REI has a great selection that is aimed to lengthen the lifespan of their products. Sometimes people buy something that just doesn't work out for them, but it's perfectly suitable for someone else. So rather than that product ending up in a landfill, it has a, the potential to satisfy someone else's needs. So I advise you to look out for these kinds of sections in your favorite stores or online platforms. 
I think there's a lot of misconceptions about thrift stores that I'll definitely talk about in a different podcast. Um, but I wanted to just talk about my personal opinion about thrift thrifting because I love it. I think it's so fun. It's like a little treasure hunt. You kind of need a long time. I feel like a lot of people don't have the patience for it because it can take a while to find the good stuff that you want. But I love the uniqueness of it. And most of the time you'll find much higher quality items at a thrift store than if you were to shop fast fashion and the prices are very similar so on top of the better quality the clothes are just you know so original and they kind of feel one of a kind rather than the basic trendy styles that you'll find on fast fashion retail websites of course it's funny when people are wearing Zara clothes or Urban Outfitter clothes you know it because you see it because everyone's wearing it But if you buy something from a thrift store, usually you don't find someone else wearing the same thing, which is, I think, really cool. Fashion's all about expressing yourself and your personal style, so, you know, have fun with it and find clothes that are special to you. And again, you know, by thrifting, you're expanding the product's lifespan, which is a great way to shop, of course. Uh, One of the simplest ways to be a more conscious consumer is just by supporting slow fashion instead of fast fashion, which is basically just buying less clothes and investing in quality clothes that will last a long time and are ethically made. I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, what companies are actually sustainable and ethical, and frankly, I don't really know. It's so hard to tell these days, but my go-to answers when people ask me are Reformation, Patagonia, Outer Known, Eileen Fisher, Mud Jeans, and Pact. I'm not an expert in all of their sourcing and textiles and stuff, but I have read a lot of good things and done a decent amount of research to back up those companies to some extent in this you know time. But I recommend downloading an app called Good On You or just going to their website because you can actually see the transparency index of different companies. You just type in like Zara, Good On You, and then it'll give you their ratings for the planet, animals, and people. And then they'll talk about the textiles and whether they're like, like avoid this company or not, they're not doing good enough or they're okay, they're good, they're great, like we recommend them or whatever. And every company can do better at this point. So I don't really think there is such thing as a sustainable company. But um, all the companies I listed earlier are producing quality clothes that will last a long time. And that is great, you know, when compared to fast fashion, which is what's thriving the most in the fashion industry. And these brands definitely have a medium to high price point. But you have to realize the importance of quality over quantity and You have to realize that the workers are getting paid living wages and working in ethical, safe conditions, and that is why the price point is higher. The companies that are, you know, fast fashion, those are the ones that, you know, are sourcing from places like the Rana Plaza where, you know, thousands of people died in the disaster of that building collapsing on them because it was not safe working conditions and the workers were not being treated ethically and the you know, textiles are also not sustainable. They're all synthetic. And that's why the clothes are cheaper because those people are suffering and they are not getting like the pay that they deserve. And you should care who makes your clothes and how they're treated. And a little more about the quality, you know, you may end up getting 
seven fast fashion shirts for the price of one Patagonia Reformation shirt or whatever. But that Patagonia Reformation shirt will last way longer because it's made to last. And the fast fashion shirts are disposable and they're only meant for a couple wears at most. So then you just end up replacing it and that's how these companies are so successful. You also have to consider the quality of the thread, the buttons, the zippers, the fabric, of course, and all the little details that go into making a garment because the quality matters and it's a direct reflection of the price. And it's kind of funny because people think that brands that are priced slightly higher than Shein, Shein's like, what, $4 for a shirt these days, but companies like Free People or Urban Outfighters have like a slightly higher price point, like around $40, $20 or something. And people think that because it's slightly higher that the quality is better and the production is more ethical, when in reality the quality isn't that much better and the working standards still aren't great. The website Good On You ranks free people and urban outfitters as not good enough and they have two out of five stars for every category, which is the same as Zara and Amazon. Um, there are also other websites like Good On You called um, Done Good and Project Just that also share about um, where a company's at in terms of labor conditions, textiles, water sourcing, etc. So I guess before supporting a company, maybe just type the name into one of those websites and see what it says. And then, you know, think, do I want my money to support what these companies stand for? Taking a moment to ask these kinds of questions before making a purchase is how you become a more conscious consumer. You can also check if companies are made with fair trade and have actual certificates for this. And then, you know, look into what that even means and just keep continuing to learn more and more. Um, Okay, so let's say that you really like fast fashion clothes, even though the quality sucks. Fine. Well, there are still a lot of platforms you can use to buy them from in a sustainable way. My favorite is Depop. But I used to use Poshmark and there's ThreadUp and a bunch of other ones that you can easily find. You just Google resale clothes. They have the apps or websites. And these platforms all have fast fashion products listed on them. And you can, and most of them have only been worn, you know, once or twice or something. And that way you're not, you know, directly supporting that retailer. You're just buying a used piece. And it's the same you know, if you like that style, you want that trend, fine. Just, you know, buy it in a different way. I told my friend Heather about this. Uh, I met her in Florence last year, too. And she was so excited, you know, because she, she loves, you know, Urban Outfitters and Zara and all that. And it was, like, kind of exciting for her to find a more sustainable way to get the same clothes but not directly support those companies. So I guess I recommend those. Um because you're still extending the life cycle of that product, which is great. Uh, These apps also have a ton of cool vintage clothes, too, so it's definitely not just fast fashion. You can also list your own clothes on these apps, which is a great way to discard your clothes, too, and you make money, which is nice, of course. And, of course, another tip for being a more conscious consumer is shopping local or buying handmade goods rather than purchasing from huge companies. Avoiding mass produced goods is always a good way to be you know slightly more environmentally friendly when something is made by hand it uses a lot less energy and it gives you a more one-of-a-kind experience which is great if it's made by hand there's a lot more you know thought put into it so the quality is oftentimes so much better than you know when some 
kids are making it in Bangladesh or whatever, of course. Um, the products also don't have to be shipped overseas, you know, if they're made locally. So that's a great way to lower your carbon footprint. A lot of small businesses are suffering after COVID, but the big fast fashion retailers are thriving. So think about this when you're making purchases. You know, if you buy something from a small business, you are directly supporting that person, helping them pay for their housing or food or whatever, rather than supporting some big businessman that isn't even paying his garment workers a living wage. And it's really important to understand your power as a consumer. You know, sure, one person's habits aren't going to make or break the future of our planet, but if enough people start to care and change their habits, then a difference can be made. And that is important. We have to, you know, realize our role in this world and the environment and how our purchases make a difference. So before I close out this podcast, I wanted to share a little bit about my experience at a Buddhist archives museum that I went to this past weekend. My Thai host mom volunteers here and we spent a couple hours exploring and meditating and you know we didn't even see half the museum but we had a great time um so the three resolutions of this place i can't pronounce what it's called it's like buddhadasa Bhikkhu. i don't know um anyways so the first one is to help everyone penetrate to the heart of their own religion the second is to create mutual good understanding among all religions The third is to work together to drag the world out of materialism. And the goals of this place are to help people obtain nirvana and to preserve Buddhism through the works, intentions, and ideals of Buddhadasa Bhikkhu. I'm not saying that right, I'm sorry. Um, To help bring back righteousness, peace of mind and body, and wisdom to mankind through Buddhism to support mutual understanding among Buddhists and to help people withdraw from the influence of materialism. And in the end, we, you want to attain nirvana. And some key takeaways from Buddhism are, you know, accepting whatever we feel and whatever comes our way and then letting go rather than getting attached because nothing is permanent. Once we let go of everything, we can reach nirvana enlightenment and we can finally be free. And another takeaway was that we can't go with the flow of suffering. We have to let it go. And you have to do this for yourself and by yourself. You don't believe it because people tell you, you do it for you. I also learned about the power of five, which emphasizes finding a balance of strong faith, good wisdom, triumph, concentration and mindfulness we also me and my Thai mom and Maria my roommate also talked about how a lot of people say they don't have time for mindfulness because they're so busy with work or school or whatever but you can practice mindfulness in everything you do including work including just while you're walking while you're breathing while you're like I was gonna say sleeping but I guess you're not when you're unconscious I don't know about that one but um Yeah, that's a takeaway for sure. Those, you know, you can always practice mindfulness. Um, When learning about the monk's way of life, we what stood out to me the most was embracing simplicity. They literally wear the same outfit every single day, and that seems really simple and easy to me. And I think that's 
um, an interesting thing to bring up in this podcast, obviously, because we're talking about clothes. But, yeah, having the that basic lifestyle, just you don't even think about what you're going to wear in the morning, what, what people would think or anything like that. It's just simple. And, you know, they practice meditating daily and aim to just have good moral character and help people and spread kindness. Last week, I stayed home from work one day or a couple but anyways because I woke up feeling sick and just you know needed to rest my time I'm always says like if you're ever not feeling well you need to just rest and do nothing and then like go for a walk in the park um anyways halfway through the day my time mom texted me and asked if I wanted to paint fans I was kind of confused but since I was feeling better I said sure and I went inside the main house to paint with her and cow the 11 year old boy who lives with us And she explained that we'll paint pretty pictures on fans to give to children in the hospital who can't afford rooms with air conditioning. And she said to make sure to leave room for positive words to encourage the children and help them smile. This really touched my heart because I feel so thankful to be surrounded by such a positive influence. And, you know, I'm so lucky with my life. And all I want to do is, you know, help this world and help people on it and do my part and after we were done painting she said that she would give the fans to a monk to bring to the hospital and one of the things that she put on her fan was no mud no lotus which represents how without suffering through the mud you cannot feel the happiness of the lotus so we have to know how to suffer in order to suffer less And by overcoming obstacles in life and suffering, we can grow and gain wisdom and embrace the beauty of life and the lotus, essentially. And then she told me a story about how a monk once told her he would visit this man that was suffering in the hospital from so much pain constantly. I I think it was his kidney or something, but I'm not sure. I don't think she remembers either. But anyways, the monk told the man to squeeze his hand according to how much pain he felt course he was in agony so he was squeezing it a lot uh he was feeling pain 24 7 so the monk came every day until eventually the man said to the monk you don't need to come anymore i know how to manage my pain now so then the monk could go on and help someone else in need and my Thai mom explained that he realized there's you know no such thing in the world that you will be suffering all the time just like you can't be happy all the time things are impermanent But sometimes people only remember the bad parts and see themselves as only suffering. And she couldn't remember if the man recovered or passed, but he for sure could feel happiness despite the pain. And that was a really, really cool experience for me to like hear that story and go to the museum. And I'm about to leave this. I only have two more nights here. So I'm really thankful that I've been able to have such moving experiences that I can take with me and also pass on because that's another thing she was talking about is like spreading your wisdom and your knowledge and passing on you know the need the or lack of need like the fact that we don't need to hold on to these sufferings but also embracing them and knowing that once we get through it we will be free we just have to let go and then we'll be free So on that note, I'll let you go from this podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. And I'm sending 
love your way.